The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, my fellow pet-loving geeks. I don't know about you, but it has been quite the week. And I, for one, am ready to talk about dogs and cats, anything furry and cuddly and cute and happy. So today is the last day of National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week. So we are going to appreciate today the amazing life-saving work that these people are doing in animal shelters across our country for our fur kids. Over the past year, I've actually got to spend quite a bit of time touring shelters all over the country. And I have to tell you, there are really some incredible things happening. But unfortunately, a lot of the regular folks that I talk to on a weekly basis still have a pretty negative assumption about animal shelters. And they even have negative assumptions and perceptions about the animals that come out of them. And, and one of the things that I hear most often is how stuck in the dark ages the, the animal shelters in this country are. And, and I can understand that because I have to tell you, um, that's what the statistics that they keep getting hearing about are, are, are showing. However, it's just not what I'm seeing in the field. So I think these perceptions in large part exist because the most recent in-depth published national statistics study was from 1997. It was from the National Council on Pet Population Study and Policy. In 1997. Wow. I mean, that's almost 20 years ago. And these are still the main numbers that that are being put out there in marketing across the country. And these are still the main numbers that are being used to describe what's happening in most shelters today. And and at that time, only a thousand shelters were even part of the survey. And the estimation is that there's probably closer to about 3,500 animal shelters out there in the U.S. So there's a lot of extrapolation and assumptions being made when we hear stats like six to eight million animals enter shelters every year and roughly half of those are euthanized and cats much more than dogs. In fact, the estimate from 2008 was that approximately 3.7 million companion animals were euthanized in animal shelters. That's horrible. And, and then the other statistic that you hear a lot that comes out that came out of this study is that 16% and less than 2% of cats were ever reunited with their owners. These are devastating numbers i'm sure you'll agree but do i believe that they're true you know i'm not sure clearly something that needs updating and modernizing in the animal shelter world is doing a better job of getting a clear picture of what's actually happening across the nation in our animal shelters but 
Do not despair, my good people. It has, after all, been almost 20 years since that study was done. And I personally know from what I've seen that a lot of important advances have been brought into shelters across the U.S. Advances in getting lost pets home, advances in getting more pets adopted, getting dogs and cats better prepared for rehoming, as well as prepping their new pet owners for success. And for the most part, I'm pretty sure that if those numbers were redone today, we'd see great improvement and the picture would be a lot, lot rosier. And here to talk about some of the ways that shelters are improving with the help of technology is Jerrica Owen. She is the Director of Program Administration for the San Diego Humane Society. It's an incredible place. If you ever get a chance, go and take a tour. She's been involved for the last 12 years in animal welfare, and she's also the proud parent of Kaya, who is a goofy, goofy, lovable labradoodle. Jerrica, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to share my experience and my knowledge about the way that shelters are improving with the help of technology. Oh, great. Perfect. You're in the right place. Um, you know, you, you, and you and I have been chatting for a while um, a little bit about millennials and how uh, younger adults um, are so important to the animal shelter world, and they are the largest growing group of pet parents in, in the U.S. And I was recently talking to a group of young adults that were looking to get their first pet, and almost all of them said that they wanted to avoid shelters, which is really sad to me. And in the large part, large, large part is because they, they feel that municipal shelters are really difficult to work with and they're old fashioned and that the adoption process is really long and arduous. But I know that organizations like San Diego Humane Society are working really hard to change that perception and bring the way that people adopt pets from shelters into the 21st century. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you guys have done? Yeah, absolutely. So traditional adoptions, they are. They're old-fashioned. They've been called grueling, investigative, almost an interrogative process. You know, the industry has come an extremely long way. Here at San Diego Humane Society, we use uh, what we call conversational adoptions. It's just that. It's just talking. We're talking to the adopters so that they feel comfortable that they're adopting the right pet for their home. We use sort of an open conversational style. It helps us to establish trust between us and the potential adopter. Also helps us to exchange, you know, the important information and really help to determine whether the animal and the person are a a fit and a match. Um, And again, this is done through just a simple conversation, just talking rather than time spent filling out adoption questionnaires, which has historically been how adoptions are done. You know, at the same time, we're also hoping to create an experience that's enjoyable for the adopter that results in a successful adoption and that helps to kind of promote our message and, um, you know, engages long-time support. Awesome. So you guys don't have like those really long forms. Do you use online forms and, and things like that, like like hardware tech to get people, because you got to get people's information. So how are you doing that if you're not having to fill out lots and lots of forms? Yeah, so actually we don't. We don't have forms. We have just, like I said, it's just a conversation. When the adopter does decide to adopt, at that time we then get all of their information. Um, you know, we have, we use some amazing technology that helps to, promote the animals and have people have an idea of maybe the animals that they want to meet prior to even coming to the shelter. So that kind of helps mm-hmm. us streamline a little bit. Um, yeah, because you, you have lots of animals there, right? That would be an impossible thing to get through all of them in one visit. We do. We do, definitely. We have a lot of available animals. And so what, what kind of tools do you use to help people? So before they even get to the shelter, that's critical time for you guys to use tech, technology. So before they even get there, how are you getting them to, to see the animal that maybe is the perfect fit for them? 
Okay, so we use lots of different um, technology approaches to this. So we have available animals on our website. We utilize social media. We also use an Adopt Me app. All of these allow adopters to find animals that they're interested in prior to even coming to the shelter. So by helping and having these profiles of the pets that are available on our website, people can actually get a sense, you know, if an animal would be a good fit. So we have people that come in here looking for specific character traits. Maybe they have a really energetic lifestyle or maybe they have a more mellow, laid-back lifestyle. Uh, Maybe they have other animals in the home or children. You know, all of these things, we try to gather as much information about our pets prior to um, placing them up for adoption. So by having all of this information available prior to people coming in, it really helps them to kind of identify animals that they want to meet. And so if once so they decided, okay, I want to meet this animal. And then they have this conversation with you, which sounds it sounds so much nicer than having to go fill out like a multi-page form. Yeah. But then then they're ready. They want to meet this animal. I know from being there how beautiful your facilities are, but can you kind of describe what that experience is based on the facility that you guys have built to meet that animal and to have that first experience be just really great? Yeah, absolutely. So our adoption floor at our uh, San Diego campus, which is our main campus, we actually have three different campuses. Um, But our San Diego campus, the animals, the dogs that are available on the adoption floor live in what we call habitats. Uh, We have some really cool technology installed in one of the habitats, which is a webcam. Um, It's a Maddie's cam, and it's actually set up and funded through Maddie's Fun, and it's in a dog habitat. so as people come in, they can you know walk around and meet the animals. There is some amazing technology out there, such as electronic kennel cards that people can you know actually see on demand, if you will. The you know some videos of the animals playing. We do a lot of play groups. The animals in the habitats um, you know may have a dog friend or, or maybe by themselves, but it's really a different experience for the adopter to be able to see that animal in a play group or you know out interacting in the public. So being able to watch videos. Um, on YouTube, um, also having tablets available for our adoption counselors so they can really handle the adoption you know, from start to finish with the adopter, with the animal in the room, um, and just kind of make it a seamless, smooth adoption process. Right, so you're not just going in and seeing a line of cages and dogs barking at you and cats hiding in corners. You're actually getting to see them interact in the way that you're, they're going to be interacting with you at your home. Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Fantastic. And so then let's say everything feels great. The adoption uh, gets processed by you guys and folks are going home. I know that you guys have some s- technology that you use to help support pet parents post-adoption. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So um, we have a handful of different things that we use to help support. You know, technology allows for pet parents to really have direct access to information and resources so that we can really help be there for any of their pet needs, whether it be behavior or medical. Um, Mm -hmm. Also helping to keep the pet in the home. So we have what we call admission diversion efforts. And some of those efforts include things like pet loss prevention and pet loss recovery resources. Um, Just to give you an example of few, we partner with Home Again, which is microchips, which are permanent identification. I'm sure most the listeners know what a microchip is. So that, of Mm -hmm. course, um, every pet has a microchip, and so that helps to reunite the pet with their families. Um, As an adopter of an animal from San Diego Humane, your pet will always be microchipped. 
Um, we also partnered with Finding Rover, which utilizes facial recognition technology and supports reuniting pets. Um, and we're also exploring some really cool QR code technology for dog license tags, which is um, different than the traditional, you know, randomly generated tag numbers, which requires the finder of, say, a lost pet to actually go into the animal shelter or the local municipality to um, get access to the owner information or to have the dog claimed. Whereas the QR code, somebody can just pull out their cell phone and, you know, go ahead and use the technology and they're able to get that pet home right away. So we're really excited about the future of uh, pet loss prevention and recovery efforts. Oh, that's exciting. That's really exciting. And I also, I know that, that your core mission is about saving lives and getting pets adopted as quickly as they can. And, and, and it's obviously a big part of that. But I also know just from chatting with you recently that there's a lot of other really exciting life-saving measures that you guys do right now that rely heavily on tech. Can you talk a little bit about those? Some of the animal, excuse me, some of the uh, disaster preparedness and disaster relief stuff that you guys do? Yeah, we we have a lot of different things that we do. Um, you know, everything that we've talked about, in addition to things like our social media um, for disaster recovery efforts, we actually have a team where we send people out to help support larger organizations, um, also local partnering organizations like the Red Cross. So we utilize the technology of our animal shelter database. We also utilize some uh, disaster preparedness and disaster already uh, technology that's already existing. We use that, the logistics software. So we have a lot of things kind of at our fingertips. You know, everything that we've talked about is really, really important to help us achieve our mission, not only to uh, adopt pets, but to get them adopted faster, to keep them in the home. All of this allows us to in turn help more animals. You know, we're able to use technology to keep up with current trends in animal welfare pretty much on demand through the use of, you know, things like email, not new technology, but still technology. Uh, Mm -hmm. Facebook groups, we've seen live conference streaming, which has been really exciting. Um, Almost instantaneous access to the most influential leaders in the animal welfare world. So many ways technology has enabled us to really help save more lives. You know, it kind of boils down to we've been able to strengthen relationships uh, with our community because of the technology. We've been able to play an instant safety net role and, you know, essentially been able to really extend our reach and to inspire compassion, which is our mission. So... And it's that reach, I think, that so inspires me about uh, San Diego Humane and what, what you guys do. I know that not only do you work in your community, but uh, you work all across the country, uh, very progressive, but also really kind of inspiring other places to, to to move into the 21st century and to use more of these things. And it's important, I think, that groups like you guys are willing to go out there and take the chance and try more progressive, more cutting-edge technologies and uh, then help bring it into that mainstream. So that's that's amazing. Um, you know, when I started off the show just a little bit ago, I was talking about how daunting the statistics are. But one of the things that I think is most daunting is the fact that the main statistical base that a lot of people still hear is from 1997. Uh, what's, what's happening in the shelter world uh to, to, to help change those public perceptions because it's great that you guys are doing all these things but if the public doesn't know and the statistics are still showing that everything's still behind what's, what's being done to help change that? Yeah, I heard you mention outdated data and statistics and you know 
while animal shelters have made such amazing progress, um, accurate and comprehensive nationwide data does not exist. Um, you know, and it's precisely this data that we need that's going to help guide us with good decision making and ultimately save thousands of sheltered animals' lives. Um, you know, the numbers, they really do count. So we're actually really proud uh, to be not only a supporter, but a participant. So Shelter Animals Count is a new and collaborative uh, initiative that was formed by a really diverse group of stakeholders. The intention is to share a national database of sheltered animal statistics. It will help provide facts, enable insights, you know, that ultimately will save lives. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, data drives decisions that will help us save these companion animal lives and to really help prevent homelessness. So we're really excited. It's a live uh, website, and it's called Shelter Animals Count. And if and for the regular, you know, non-shelter working individual, how can they help? I mean, is that something that they can, how can they help their, their own local shelter get involved with something like that? Um, I think just bringing about the information and making, you know, bringing it to awareness that there is this national database that's starting and mm-hmm. that they really are going to rely on 100% shelter participation in order to help move the needle on animal welfare. So I think yeah. just, the, just the awareness. Awesome. Let's let's move back into something a little bit cuddly as we wrap up here. So, as I said, it's been it's been a week for uh, all of us, uh, and I think a lot of us are looking for nice, cuddly, warm things. So, let's say that somebody's at home thinking, you know what, I want to bring a new furry family member into my life. Can you tell me what you think the top tech resources out there that help people bring bring people into your shelter and other shelters across the country? Where where should they go to find those pets? I think they can start online. I think utilizing things like social media and PetFinder and, you know, these platforms that help you really kind of narrow down the pet that will fit your best, that will fit your lifestyle the best, whether you have, like I said, the energetic lifestyle or the mellow lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Or if you're looking for a particular breed, there are breed restrictions on, you know, on certain apartment buildings and uh, certain housing restrictions and stuff. So really, you know, finding, utilizing the technology that's out there, the social media and the uh, organization websites to really kind of, you know, narrow down, you know, the right pet you think would be best for you. And then in terms of, you know, help keeping the pet in the home, there's all sorts of amazing interactive technology that really will help with enrichment, which ultimately is going to, you know, reduce boredom, stress, help prevent undesired behaviors. So there's all kinds of interactive um, technology-based enrichment type toys and treats and um, treat and trains and feeding puzzles and things like that. That's always going to help. We're going to have an entire episode on that. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's coming up in a a future episode for sure. Well, Jerrica, thank you so much. We really loved having you here today. Hang on, everybody. We will be right back after this break with more from Pet Lover Geek. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A wave of change is happening in our world now. 
A new feminine way of leadership is emerging, yet this is not about women taking over. This rise of the feminine is helping men too. Join host Gina Lazenby, award-winning businesswoman, best-selling author, and speaker on feminine wisdom as she reports on the rise of the feminine with inspiring stories of women who are coming into their own and finding their unique purpose. Tune in and join this conversation in the rise of the feminine each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, pet lovers. Today, as you know, we are celebrating the last day of National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week. And we are here to appreciate the amazing things that shelters all across this country are doing. And we're digging specifically into the technological advances that are being used to help save lives. And as we were discussing in the last segment, there's a there's a lot of negative perception around the country about how animals are in these in the facilities and how many of them never come out again. And it's as high as 50 percent in some of the statistics that we see. But as we talked about, a lot of those statistics are based from almost 20 years ago. And so I want to talk in our, this segment here about the advances in medical and facility that are helping save lives and helping get more and more pets home in uh, with wonderful families. So we are here talking today with another facility that's in the San Diego County area, just down the road from San Diego Humane, and it's the cutting edge facility of the Helen Woodward Animal Center. Now, they have some incredible things that they do to help pets get adopted, but their medical facilities are incredible. I had the pleasure of touring them a few years ago when I was at a conference down there, and I was blown away. It's like they say, the Helen Woodward Animal Center Companion Animal Hospital puts the wow in bow wow, and they're not joking. I am so excited to have their chief veterinarian, Dr. Patricia Carter, with us on the show today. Dr. Carter, welcome to Pet Lover Geek. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. Just thrilled, and I, I um, you have a lot of stuff that goes on at the at the center that it, you know is is uh, up front that everybody gets to see in these beautiful adoption rooms and all this stuff. It's really great. That's all up front, but I really want to talk about what's behind the scenes. That what a lot of people don't get to see is this incredible veterinary space that you have there. Can you tell me more about the advances that you guys are using in your facilities and and specifically the things in the last few years that you're using that are helping those orphan pets? Get home. 
Well, the biggest change I've seen, which I think is great, is that um, we've been able to get ultrasound in there. And I know ultrasound's been around for a while, but usually it's not used in shelters. But that allows us, when we get animals in with heart murmurs, we can take a quick look at it right away and find out if it's something that, um, you know, they could grow out of or they need to have medication. We do um, this laser therapy, which... Before, when I was in private practice and we did that, it would take three months before an animal would have uh, like an ACL, a cruciate repair done, before it was really walking. Most of the dogs with the laser, within 10 days, by the time the stitches are out, they're already walking great. So those are two of the biggest things I've seen in the last few years. And, and, and why is that important for getting uh, these orphan pets adopted? I mean, what, what do these advances do to help more pets get into homes? Well, our biggest mission at Helen Woodward is we don't put any animals to sleep. We get them in and we want to get them healthy. So we fix everything we can. And we're taking them from all over um, the California and Arizona, Utah, to find homes for them. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to get them in, get them ready to go. Um, but when they come in, you know, they get full exams, anything that needs to be fixed. Um, we had one little dog that both of the kneecaps needed to be fixed. Um, we'll do it. We've sent dogs um, that had heart murmurs because they needed um, open chest surgery to fix. We've done it. Um, those are the things we're doing there in order to try and find good quality homes for our little orphan pets. Wow. And, and so and I know you, you mentioned the ultrasound and the laser there, there mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of high tech other stuff in your facility. What other kinds of uh, things that, that you're using there or even the facility itself make it different a little bit? Yeah, so just we've in, say, well, for instance, yeah. over in our equine, um, we don't adopt out horses, but we have horses that are used in our therapeutic riding program or horses that are, you know, come in to be treated. We have a bone scan unit. Um, That's a pretty advanced thing. That helps to determine certain lamenesses that you can't find. We use shock waves. Shock waves are like laser, but it's used in horses, but it helps speed blood flow and helps tendons to heal faster. Um, We're doing those sorts of things. We have the digital x-ray, which a lot of veterinary hospitals have that now. But another thing that we have is um, we always have that ability now. If we need to send a dog for an MRI, we can. Um, there's a lot of specialists in the area where, when I first was a new veterinarian, you would have you couldn't do an MRI. There wasn't the capability. You couldn't do ultrasound. But now those things that have been in humans are being able to be used in in pets now and in animals, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, and it's not just dogs and cats and horses. You do all kinds of critters over there, right? Yeah, well, I see, you know, in the, hot, in the companion animal hospital, we see anything that could be a pet. So we see anywhere from frogs, lizards, snakes, hamsters, birds, and then dogs and cats and rabbits. We, we see everything over there. Um, and we have a lot of different animals at the center because we use them in some of our other programs, our education programs and our mm-hmm. pet encounter therapy programs. Do you have any, were there any favorite um, moments, stories that you have about the advances that you guys have and you're able to save a, a pet that you wouldn't have been able to with the way things were before? We had a little dog named Wiggles, cute little thing, but we noticed that she wasn't able to walk very well. And when we took an x-ray, her back was, basically her spine was deformed. Her bones mm-hmm. weren't correct. 
Now, we didn't do the surgery there. We did send her over to a specialist and had the, um, you know, they did surgery to try and relieve the pressure on the spine. But again, Mm -hmm. we used laser after that to help her regenerate and heal faster. And then this was last year. She was adopted. We have another cute little dog, cute little guy named Roman, who um, had to have both of his legs fixed, and he's going to be coming up and going available soon. And again, we were able to do the surgery there, which, you know, many years ago, depending on the shelter an animal would end up at, if they had those problems, they might have been put to sleep. But we're able to get them fixed up so they can go on and enjoy their life. That's awesome. But you know, do you know how many animals you're able to help every year through the facility? I do know that we usually average around 300 adoptions a month. A month? So wow, that's great. 36, you know, 3,600 a year. And then we're coming up on our Home for the Holidays push, and I know we're getting close to a million adoptions. It's something that our president started, but it's worldwide now to try and get as many um homeless or orphaned pets into loving homes that we can and we really push it for the holidays because that's the best time you know to try and get them home for those holidays right and the home for the holidays as you mentioned that's a national program right that, mm-hmm. that you yeah, guys it's help worldwide with. worldwide that's great and it's a million a year that you're that well you're no they're they're approaching um i can't remember the year it started i'm not the pr person for the the center but we're approaching like the millionth adoption that um, since its inception um, several oh, years awesome. ago that we've been able to do worldwide. That's incredible. I, I love that. And so looking ahead, I know that the Helen Woodward Center is always looking forward. You're a leader in the shelter space. You're a leader in animal welfare. So can you tell me about what's in the future that's really exciting you about that's coming up? The most exciting news is we... Um, the center was first built in 1974, so mm-hmm. the place where the the dogs and cats waiting to find homes is getting a little dated, but mm-hmm. we um, are getting ready to start um, breaking ground so that we can start um, building a new adoption facility for them. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a state-of-the-art um, medical center. The area where I am in the Companion Animal Hospital is a, is a gorgeous facility, but the adoptions area where they do the most of the adoption surgeries is getting a little tight on space. So mm-hmm. it's going to be state-of-the-art, and um, just where the animals are going to be kept is all going to be inside, climate-controlled, so we don't have to worry about any um, you know, bugs or mice or anything coming in and bothering them while they're waiting to find their new homes. And if people are wanting to help and to be involved with this incredible work that you're doing, where where do they go? I'm sorry, what was the question? Well, I'm just, you know, I I know that people hear about stories like what you guys are doing at Helen Woodward, and they're like, wow, that is so incredible, I want to help. What what can they do? What can they help? help? You know, we're always looking for volunteers. We love to have volunteers come out if they want to spend some time with the animals, just walking them. We have people play with the puppies and kittens to help socialize them. Um, They end up doing better in in their homes. We have fosters who, when we get in puppies and kittens that are too young to go up for adoption, we like to get them them into a foster home so that we can um, get them used to that environment, makes them better um, adoptees in the future. We um, always have fundraisers. We have the 
the we just had the surf dog, but we're always looking for people that are willing to come out to our center and see what we're all about, help. Um, there's lots of ways to help. Uh, too many for this show, I think, to go through them. But we have a volunteer department, and if you go on our um, website, um, there's a list of opportunities there or just ways to get involved with our center. That's fantastic. So I wanted to thank you again, Dr. Carter, for, for coming onto the show today and really excited to hear about everything that they're doing at the Helen Woodward Center. I'm going to share some links on our Facebook page uh, after the show today so that people can go and learn about what you're doing and uh, see the incredible stuff that you guys are doing out there. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. It's a pleasure. And thank hey. you for supporting our pets. <laughs> Absolutely, always. That's what we're here for. And that's why we're here today to help celebrate uh, National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week. Hang on, everybody. We are going to learn about some really cool apps and online services that can help you find pets no matter where you are in the world. So hang tight. And when we come back, we'll be looking at some more geeky stuff on Pet Lover Geek. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and thanks for spending time with us this fabulous fall day, pet lovers. We're going to talk to Ryan Bayo here in just a minute, because this week, it's all about getting an orphan pet home for the holidays, and appreciating the work that animal shelters across the country are doing for our companion animals to get them adopted into the perfect home. So, you've heard me talking to two of the most cutting-edge, tech-savvy shelters that are out there, and now we're going to move over to that, I'm in the market for a new pet side, and talk more about the online smartphone uh, app tools that are out there to help you find the perfect pet for your home. There's a lot of them out there, Pet Finder, Pet Tango, a couple others that I'm going to talk about in our last segment. But right now, 
I want to dig into something that's brand new. It's it's hot off the presses, the newest face on the block of tech tools that helps people find their perfect match. It's called mycompatibility.com. And unlike tools like PetFinder and those other folks that are out there that have some filtering capabilities for sure to help you find that perfect pet, my compatibility digs a lot deeper in. It it uses some algorithms and some fancy math and things like that to help find that perfect match for you. So I've invited Ryan Vale, the president of My Compatibility, to join us today and talk about this brand new tool. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. We are, I'm excited to talk to you. I like talking about new and geeky things. And I'm, I'm curious, what's the story behind My Compatibility? How'd you guys start? What problem are you trying to solve? Um, so it dates back a little while to um, having spent some time at local shelters, working at local shelters and seeing some of the return rates. Um, was definitely the initial problem that we were trying to solve. I actually saw what was my favorite dog at the shelter I worked at, <clears throat> um, adopted out, and unfortunately returned just because it wasn't the right fit. Um, and so we kind of loosely started to come up with the concept of, of working in an algorithm into the space um, and then heard some more pain points and uh, other things that people weren't necessarily too thrilled about with some of the other options out there, um, and it expanded into the matching system, as well as a a resource base with some training videos and stuff like that as well. Cool. So, And I think that's important because I think a lot of people go online, they search uh, all the stuff that's out there to find pets, and there's plenty of stuff readily available online to search the available pets. And you see it and you look at the face, you're like, oh, my God, that's so cute. But is it really the right pet for you? And so without giving away that secret sauce, what's the science behind your system? How, How are you making sure that you're getting people a pet that will really work for them. Yeah, so uh, there's there's kind of two parts to the algorithm. What we do right off the bat is a series of uh, complete filter questions, which would cover stuff like ages of kids in the household, other pets, the gender of those pets, if you know you have any breed restrictions, um, if you live in a, an apartment complex or something like that. And those filter questions would completely knock an animal out of, out of your matches. Um, so you'd never see something that didn't fit with that. Then we move into a set of questions that covers things like lifestyle, the activity level in the household, um, past experience with pets, what you're going to be looking to do with those pets, and those will keep the number scale sliding and and make it a better or a worse match. Um, But like you said, people just go on, you know, on some of these other sites, they see the one that's cutest. What's great about going through the whole algorithm is even if you get to the end and you do that same thing, you're knocking out things that are a definite not fit. You're not going to see something that's not good with kids if you have kids in the household. You're not going to see one that was listed as needing a fenced-in backyard if you don't have a fence, things like that. So in the worst-case scenario, if someone goes on, completes the algorithm, and still just wants to pick out the first one that they think is the cutest, they've kind of already done all the background work that they would then need to go back and read the profiles for. Right, yeah, and I I actually just, a friend of mine is adopting right now, and all she really knew as far as what she wanted was a Cocker Spaniel, and she found one immediately, it was adorable and everything that, and she went in without fully reading the profile and found out that kids were a no-no for this particular dog, and she's got two kids. So this is something that would be invaluable for somebody like her, would have saved her that trip. Um, How are you finding that it's working? I mean, what's the success rate been? Um, We're definitely finding it's working. We're seeing a lot of, um, especially because we're new, we're seeing a lot of shelters put up some of their harder-to-adopt animals. 
um, and we've definitely we've definitely seen it work there. So it's continuing to kind of prove itself on a larger scale. We've just done some geographical expansion, um, and we're working on getting more and more people on. And we're also working on um, better reporting and compiling of uh, of all the success stories, so we can really get those out and uh, let people know what's going on. But we've definitely seen it be successful. Um, two two of which success stories are. In my own family, I actually have a, a nine-year-old pit bull that I brought home a few weeks ago, and uh, and my parents have a three-year-old pit bull that who's kind of internet famous before they had even adopted him. But he was kind of the the first adoption from the site, if you will, back when it was in the beta testing um, phase, and we just kind of threw some animal profiles in there to test it out, and they ended up actually adopting him. Oh, that's great. And, and, and you just mentioned something I think is really key for folks that are listening here. Um, it, you, you mentioned geographical expansion. So where is this available? So right now we have shelters and rescues signed up um, throughout the entire eastern United States, um, which by that I mean uh, one state west of the Mississippi uh, all the way down the country. And my goal is uh, to be expanding to the rest of the country early Q1 2017. Uh, we're hoping to have about five to 600 shelters signed up by the new year, and that would put us in a really good position to expand out to the rest of the country. Terrific, yeah. So I, so over here in Seattle, it's not going to work for me, but for my friends that are over in New York, Boston, those places, this is going to be a great tool. Um, and so the, you mentioned that you're, by Q1 2017, you're hoping to expand uh, nationwide. So what else is in the future for you guys? What else are you looking to do? Um, one of the things we just did in the past couple of months was we opened a nonprofit in conjunction uh, with the website, and so we're going to hope to be rolling out some some cool new initiatives through that, especially uh, as of the first of the year, once we solidify exactly how it's going to play out and the dates around it and whatever. But we're definitely going to be using that to sponsor some special interest adoptions, um, um, military adoptions, service dog type things. Uh, keeping with the mission of the website to place adoptable animals in the perfect homes for them um, and hopefully give some special people that wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to uh, make a certain adoption happen, happen. That's terrific. And I'm just going to talk, I'm going to kind of, I don't know, maybe rock your boat a little bit here. So there's a lot of apps that are out there that are pretty widespread, and they're the ones that people know right off the bat, Pet Tango, Pet Finder, those kind of guys. And um, when you're new, like like you are, there's going to be a lot of challenges um, getting started and things. So what kind of challenges do you have to get your get the word out and so that people start going to you first rather than just going to look at the cute puppies on Pet Finder? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the adopter side of that word of mouth is has definitely been the biggest challenge. Um, pet adoption is such a widespread industry um, that isn't necessarily nailed down to, to one target segment that it's tough to, to market to the quote-unquote adopters. Um, social media is big. Obviously, things spread so fast through social media. Um, one of our main focuses early early on in the first year had been to get shelters on board because if we don't have the animals on the website, then it won't be a great experience for adopters. So I would say that the adopter-facing marketing has definitely been um, our biggest hurdle so far, but I think social media is one of the biggest things that can help 
help break through that and help people really spread the word fast. So um, just, I'm just curious, what's keeping you, though, from, from just going to, say, a, a Pathfinder or one of the other adoption tools that's out there and, you know, tapping into what they've already got, tapping into those, you know, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of um, adoptable pets that are out there? Is there something about the way you guys do your algorithm that you just can't tap into those profiles that are already there? Yeah, so we are we're constantly exploring any way we could add some more automation and make things easier and easier, but we do actually gather added information on each animal, and uh, that's what runs the algorithm to make sure that we're showing people an animal that, that we truly believe is going to match up with their lifestyle and what they've put in for answers on our questionnaire. What about apps, smartphone apps? That's, the world is mobile now, so what, what are the plans there? Um, we're exploring any type of this. We have a mobile-friendly website right now, um, but we're definitely exploring any ways we could integrate with some other apps that are out there. We've actually met with a couple of different startups that are still in early in their beta phases but will be coming out within 2017 in the pet world as well to see uh, exactly who we could integrate with and what apps might be the best fit to kind of help keep getting the word out there and keep doing as much as we can. Awesome. So if in the uh, best of all possible worlds, if you could tell our listeners the one thing that you'd like to, for them to do to uh, get them to use your stuff and to help promote what you do, what, what, would you, what advice would you give them? What would, what's your ask? Um, I would say first to just check out the site. Uh, I think there's something for everybody on there, even if you already have a pet, to check out the, the training or the pet care videos or the small tips. But um, mm-hmm. check us out on Facebook. If you search mycompatibility.com on Facebook, uh, we're working on our, our social media presence, and that is definitely one of, one of our top tools for word of mouth and, and uh, definitely the thing that can help it spread the fastest. And everyone that's entrenched in the adoption community and the, and the pet industry has so many contacts on their social media that, that have similar interests that it just... It really spreads faster than than most other tools that you see out there that that you could use. Excellent. You know, Ryan, I have to thank you personally. Um, I love when folks are getting out there and using creative solutions to try to help our animals. Well, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are a ton of animals out there that are, are needing to be adopted, and, and, and we need to keep our euthanasia rates low. And stuff like what you do, are doing and, and reducing those return rates is going to help tremendously. So I just want to spell the name of your website so make sure that everybody understands what the name is. It is my M. Uh, M-Y-C-O-M-P-E-T-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y.com, mycompatibility.com. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show and pushing the envelope on tech to help animals get adopted. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to have had you. Now, hang on, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more online tools and some more smartphone tools that are out there to help pets get adopted and keep them safe. Hang tight. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. So it's the last day of National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week. And if you haven't had time yet to go to your local animal shelter and give them some love, please do so today. You know, or you can do it next week or any day, any week of any time of the year. These folks work really long, hard hours to help save lives. And, you know, they don't always get a lot of love thrown their way. And they absolutely deserve it. Yesterday, I took two dozen donuts down to the Wenatchee Valley Humane Society just down the road from me. They were thrilled. And I'm sure they love the sugar high. And uh, the, the all of these folks do such a great job. So please give your local shout, uh, shelter a shout out on social media. Bring them some lattes, bake them some cookies, send them a thank you card. Just let them know that you appreciate the work that they're doing. You know how hard it is and you're thankful that they're here. All of the guests today have talked about pet adoption. And my friends, that is the biggest way that you can help end those horrible statistics that we heard at the beginning of the show. So if you're looking for a pet, Go to your local shelter or rescue and adopt. I know, I know, I know that puppies and kittens are so ridiculously cute. And believe me, shelters have puppies and kittens. So go there first if you absolutely have to have a puppy or kitten. And I know that a lot of folks, you know, they choose to go to a breeder because they don't they don't want to take the risks that they assume are involved with a shelter or a rescue pet. Please do your research. Those risks are 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 not there. I mean, obviously there's going to be a risk with any pet, but frankly, you're going to have the uh, similar types of risks when you get one from a breeder as well. Mostly what I've experienced is that the dogs, cats, rabbits, and all the other critters that are in shelters are simply wonderful animals, and they're ready to come home with you and be part of your family. And there are a ton of great tools, and we've heard about some of them today, um, that are out there to help you find that perfect critter. Not only uh, is Ryan Sight, My Compatibility, a great tool, especially if you're on the East Coast and in the upcoming year that's going to be uh, nationwide, but there's some other tools that you've heard me mention, and one that you've heard me mention a lot is Pet Finder. In fact, I think uh, on all of the shows that I've had so far, at least one guest has mentioned Pet Finder, and the reason is it's pretty much the juggernaut for the online and uh, smartphone app 
resources that are out there for finding available pets. They've been around for 20 years. Uh, They have smartphone apps for all phone types, and they've helped over 25 million pets find families through adoption. And right now, at this very moment, they have 301,862 adoptable pets on their site. It's incredible. It's 100,000 more than any of the other sites that I've been looking at. So if you've never been to their website, which is just petfinder.com, go there. It's really easy. It's very straightforward. I highly recommend it. And they also have apps that are available for uh, smart all smartphones, iPhones, Android. Now, the one thing I would say uh, is that PetFinder, and it might be because it's a little bit uh, of an older uh, site and app, it's not the most beautifully designed thing. It, it works. It is incredibly functional and clearly it, it's been successful. But I'd only give their uh, smartphone app about three and a half uh, stars out of five. It, it works pretty much the same way that their website works, but it's a little slow for my taste. Uh, the pictures don't load that fast. And the, sometimes when you're scrolling through, it'll actually skip large swaths of dot animals and you have to slow down and go back. And for me, when I'm on my phone, I went fast. I went instantaneous. So, um, But it's a good app. It's just I think it could be a little bit faster. It works a lot like the website, um, and I, I'd still highly recommend it. Now, there's PetFinder is not the only show in town, and I want to make that clear. Uh, there's a lot of other really nice sites out there. Some of them seem to be highly regionalized, though, and uh, when I looked for things locally, I couldn't find anything on them. So I'm not going to talk about those that seem to be more regionalized. I'm going to talk about two more that uh, I found pets on here in my own hometown. A really nice one that I just discovered this week, actually, is called PetStablished.com. P-E-T-S-T-A-B-L-I-S-H-E-D.com. It is a beautiful, beautiful site. And it, it looks like on the surface that it's only centered in major metro areas because of the cities that they have listed below. But I found pets right here in Wenatchee from several local rescues. And and it wasn't, wasn't, this is one of the cities there. So I would recommend that you go there too. And one of the cool things about it was not only were there pets um, there in my hometown, but there were some pets from some rescues that I don't normally see on other sites, which was great. And the thing that I just loved about this website was that it gives you avenues to both adopt and foster pets that are currently in shelters and rescues. If you're not able to adopt right now, maybe you don't have uh, the ability to do a long-term relationship with an animal for whatever reason, but you really want to help and you have the ability to take an animal short-term, please consider fostering. And this PetStablish.com has an avenue for you to do that. It helps facilitate that communication with the rescue. So check it out. It's really nice user interface. uh, And the fact that it can help you both foster and adopt, it really excites me. Highly recommend checking out this site. Another uh, well-known established site that's been around for several years now is uh, PetTango.com, P-E-T-A-N-G-O.com. Now, they haven't been around as uh, long as PetFinder, and uh, according to the numbers that they have on their site, they have about 100,000 less pets uh, on their site right now uh, than PetFinder does, but I frankly like the site a lot. It's it's designed beautifully. I really like the uh, user experience more than I like PetFinder's user experience. And I quickly found 42 dogs that are right here in town. Um, that is about uh, two-thirds of the dogs, though, that I found available on um, 
pet finder. And it's a, equal to about the number of dogs that I found at Pet Establish, but they were from different places. So both uh, Pet Tango and Pet Establish uh, are great resources, but they maybe don't have the wide reach of Pet Finder. Um, but I think um, it's, it's probably due uh, to the fact that this is kind of what I was mentioning with, with um, Ryan earlier. A lot of these places, the shelter themselves has to communicate with the website. And there's no one place that they're all coming together. And there's no aggregator. And I really think that that's something that is desperately needed out there. So if you geeky tech heads are out there listening, we need an aggregator that will bring together all these amazing um, profiles that are on all these different sites, and they all need to come onto one site so that uh, we're not missing opportunities here. But anyway, uh, and speaking of um, uh, Pet Tango, Pet Tango also has an app. Um, and I think it looks like it's a good app, but it's only on iPhone, so I can't check it out myself. But the screenshots that I saw look really nice, really slick. And speaking of apps, uh, there's actually a newer app that's out there right now that shows a lot of promise. It's getting really tremendous reviews. Unfortunately, I can't check it out because I have an Android, and it's only available for iPhones. I'm hoping that they change that soon, though. The app uh, is being compared to Tinder, and it's called All Pause. Unlike the PetFinder app, uh, which is pulling data from the site, All Pause is designed to be totally mobile. And for those of us like me that vastly prefer to do things on their phone rather than on the computer, it's I think it's worth checking out. Of course, only if you have an iPhone. Um, it's getting really great reviews. The screenshots look amazing. Um, but a uh, little bit of a rant here. If you are out there in the pet tech space and you're looking to launch an app, you need to realize that there are many more Android users out there than there are iPhone users. And yet in my search, I found mostly iPhone apps. So please start realizing that that, uh, there's a lot of pet owners out there who would love to use your resources, but you need to put it on Android as well as iPhone. Okay, rant over. Um, So like I mentioned, uh, the only tools that I really found in my research that showed pets in in my community were Pet Finder, Pet Establish, and Pet Tango. I'm about two hours outside of Seattle. So if you're like me and not near a bigger metro area, those are going to be the ones you want to check out. Probably want to start with Pet Finder just because it has the biggest uh, scope. Well, it's been a terrific day today with you. It's been so great to chat with our guest, uh, Jerrica Owen of San Diego Humane Society, Dr. Patricia Carter from Helen Woodward Animal Center, and my compatibilities, Ryan Bayo. Thank you so much for coming on the show, helping us celebrate National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week and, and helping us hopefully get many more pets adopted. Now, next week's show is super exciting. It's our doggy DNA show. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. We're going to dig into all the great, incredible things that DNA can do for our pets. And really fun, we're going to figure out what breeds make up Uller the dog. He's the dog of uh, Pet Hub's CEO, Tom Arnold. We're going to bring Tom back on the show. There's a contest. You can find it on our Facebook page, Pet Lover Geek Facebook page. It's it's uh, on the top of the page. Enter to win. You might win your own uh, wisdom panel test for your dog, plus a prize package that's worth over 200 bucks. So make sure you uh, check us out next week uh, for our doggy DNA show. And then in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing a show about Christmas gifts and holiday gifts, geeky gifts for your pets from the silly to the serious will be there. And not just for dogs. I know we do a lot of stuff with dogs, but this episode coming up on gifts is also going to talk about cat gifts. And then later in December, 
Uh, we're going to do a really important show, probably be quite a controversial show, about the science of feeding for dogs. And we're going to talk to folks uh, from all segments of the pet food industry. And uh, if you have any questions about that, please send qu- uh, anything to us at petlovergeek at gmail.com, because in December, we're going to get down and dirty with everybody about pet food. All right, folks, thank you so much. It's been a lovely day with you. Hope to see you here next Saturday on Pet Lover Geek. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lori and Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Oh, 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 oh,